folks, it's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. Steve Williamson here. We've got a full house today. Uh, Karen McClellan is sitting across from me. Say hello, Karen. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and, and Stephen Hanks. I'm allowing another Stephen in the studio, but it's confusing. But I'm, I'm not even sure which one I am. With the same spelling, by the way. It is the oh, yeah. same spelling. And um, we have with us today, we're really happy to see him. He's been on the show many times over the last 11 years. Um, Congressman uh, Tom O'Halloran. Tom, say hello to the folks. Well, good morning, everybody. <laughs> Glad to be here today and a beautiful sunny day in the Verde Valley, Sedona area, and the large, expansive audience of Chasm Radio. I hear you're running for Congress again. <laughs> well, I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I it's like a new serving district. people. It's a new district for you, right? Well, it's, it's a new number. Uh, two-thirds of my current district are, are part of this district. And the other third are areas, for the most part, that I've served in the past. So it's not new as far as knowing it and having worked in it, but it is new as far as the district number and uh, some of the land mass. Are you getting out all over the district to talk to folks? Oh, I do that for a living. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm always out. I, 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 I usually, like an August, normal yeah. August for me is out on the road for three or 4,000 miles in the car. Uh, weekends are about the same thing, too. I'm, I, I have more town halls than the rest of the delegation combined, and I'm, uh, I'm always out in the car. It's 58,000 square miles. The new district is 68,000 square miles, wow. so you have to be out there to be able to be with your constituents. I, I saw uh, maps of the district, Tom, and, and it's just huge. It runs all the way down to Tucson area, and all it takes in almost all of, uh, or if not all of, um, eastern uh, Arizona. Well, from Tucson north, it, yeah. it, it takes all the way up to Utah, and wow. then from uh, Tucson, uh, it goes up underneath uh, the... Um, what is that? Uh, oh, right up, up underneath the Mar uh, Maricopa, uh, into Maricopa County a little bit, and Ch by the Chandler area. And then, of course, the northern tier is uh, from the uh, Utah border uh, all the way down to the Mingus Mountains here and across the entire northern tier over to uh, just shy of uh, Kingman. Wow. Such a varied district, such a huge varied district. Well, this new district is 10,000 square miles larger. <laughs> <laughs> and the old one was very large, larger than some states, I think, right? 36 other states. Okay, it's larger well. than 36 other states. Um, I always ask people to send us questions, and so let me start off, and then I'll let, let these guys uh, beat up on you. But sure. um, <laughs> one of our uh, listeners wanted to know, how the abortion issue is affecting the election. She wanted to know um, um, whether you think it's going to have a big impact and, and what your position are, what your candidate's position are. What's going on with that? And I think that's, you know, a, a, a big and controversial issue. Well, I, I'm, I'm for a woman's right to choose. Uh, uh, and uh, I think the Supreme Court decision 
Uh, I think the court uh, didn't think out the process very well because it, uh, once they they made their decision, then of course the states had the rights to to make their choices, and which they did. But they did it in, in a way that did not, for the most part, you know, when you throw like in Arizona almost a hundred bills forward. Um, yeah, it complicates the issue, and that happened around a lot of states. And all of a sudden, medication got involved in the right of a woman to get treatment at a hospital for other purposes other than abortion came into play if they were pregnant. But there are certain medications out there that do have multiple purposes, and that, that had an impact. And then women having to travel across state lines. Uh, and, of course, then there's the, the entire process of you know, uh, the uh, inability of a woman to be able to make her own choice. Yeah. I mean, uh, should the, the government be able to make the choice or should the woman who's pregnant be able to make the choice? That's, I mean, that's making it too simple, but that is really the thing. Does the woman get to choose her right about a pregnancy or does the government get to decide for her? Well, uh, in the, uh, right, the new decision, it's going to be the government. Yeah. And uh, that has brought about a, a change in the feeling of women across the country. Um, whichever party, uh, some people have felt strongly. And, you know, we're, we're a country that uh, the right to choose uh, what party we're in, uh, what street we drive down, what all these elements, uh, we have rights to do that. But as individuals, not necessarily the government telling us everything we have to do. Now, your opponent, what's his opinion or uh, position on this? Uh, he, he's uh, uh, against the right to choose, uh, and that's with no exceptions. So uh, rape, incest, uh, that whole mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. uh, he has no exceptions, and he's been a very outspoken person about it. And so uh, that, that, as far as I know, is his position. Well, on, that's so on, extreme. On, on this issue, has he also talked like the current, um, was it the Pima... Uh, Pima Superior Court just said Arizona should, needs to go back to the 18-something rather law, which criminalizes the actions of the doctor or nurse and puts them in jail. It doesn't just you know, say the woman has, doesn't have a right to choose. It actually will make it a criminal act for a medical professional to take part. And after your opponent talked about that aspect of that, because that appears, appears to be momentarily you know, who knows, the current law in Arizona. Well, that that came out the other day. Yeah. Uh, so, I, and since then, I haven't heard a word from him. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we obviously, this is campaign time, so everybody takes a look at uh, social media and mm -hmm. uh, the press and everything, and, and there hasn't been one yeah. word from him on that decision yet, and I'd be interested yeah, to see what that is. Because that does seem to be, a, even even for people who are pro-life, maybe a step too far for for a lot of people who don't, yeah. You know, who would like to outlaw something but don't necessarily want to you know, yeah. put people in jail. <laughs> well, sending yeah. people to jail is a pretty strong <laughs> strong statement. Yeah, yeah. It's two yeah. years in jail for physicians yeah. is, uh, is the thing. And yeah. it comes from the uh, last century, or well, the yeah. century before the last, I yeah. think. You know. Yeah, that's um, the late, late 1800s. And where, where does that stop? I mean, yeah. it's one thing if somebody commits a crime uh, and, and nobody, even the Supreme Court, hasn't said that this is a crime. Mm hmm uh, so if you commit a crime, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, an act uh, that you've made a decision on for your own personal life uh, hasn't affected anybody else. I mean, there's the, the argument about fetuses and yeah. things like that. But in the, in the end, uh, it's your choice, and it probably should be made between you and your 
you're you're, you're uh, a re- religious uh, um, uh, your religion and and but whatever you want your family yeah. as advisors mm. but in the end it's still yeah. people you want. trust yeah. yeah to talk to um, your opponent just li- literally hasn't said anything. He he uh, opposed ab- abortion, even if you're even from rape, and now he's been quiet about it. He hasn't he hasn't been issuing any proclamations and statements. It's uh, and- shocking because he has been outspoken about uh, what has gone through the court system so far and stuff like that. Yeah, and right now he's gone quiet. Well, and and he's also, as far as we've been able to determine, kind of taken and kind of. Uh, took a scrub brush to his social media sites mm. on a lot of the other statements, too. Yeah, I know mean, he got a boost in the primary uh, by being endorsed by Trump. But like a number of those other candidates, even the state, you know, Blake Masters, they do seem to be sort of saying, trying to eliminate from, you know, what they've written about, what they've spoken about before. I guess you can't eliminate things out of people. We all heard these people say some of these extreme statements now they're when they realize that hey that's not necessarily where everybody outside of that central core of trump supporting republicans believe that there's lots of republicans that disagree on some of these issues that you know that they now know yeah right. i don't know how they think that by wiping it out of social media is going to cause it to disappear <laughs> well i've never understood this whole thought process that uh, you can run for a primary and say one thing and then to get elected in a general election well i might have to move back from that position so that I can get elected in the general election. You either are one person or the other person. You are who you are. And so, uh, I, you know, you, you have to make sure that you, when you say something to the voters to get elected in an election, that you try to stick to it, yeah. and, and not, especially on major issues. Yeah. Yeah. So they're thinking, in your case, um, when you represented this area, now that's some of the area you're reintroducing yourself to in Prescott and parts that parts of the county. When you were our representative as a, se- a state senator, state representative back, you know, 2002 to six, two, four, six, whatever those years were, um, you've said a lot of the same things you're saying now. You were for a woman's right to choose back then. You were endorsed by the Sierra Club. You were endorsed by the the Arizona Education Association. Um, you were a public school. Uh, person talking a lot about public schools and preserving those and you said in all those years 20 years you're saying the same things to us today you said now only then you were elected as a republican now today a republican who stand up in the public square and say those things can't get any votes at all you know they get destroyed by their own parties in lots of ways so i said you've been and you're talking about people who changed you didn't change when from when you were a republican to when you were a democrat i said you stood still on the party changed around you this is a, and a time of change things, yeah there's no doubt about it and, and uh you know for me uh my my philosophy is very simple mm-hmm. uh we as americans are a stronger country when we work together mm-hmm. and uh i'm the 28th most bipartisan member of congress uh, because I, mm-hmm. I, I feel that it's important for us to come back together again as a, con- a Congress. It's important for us, you know, what's happening now in, in, over the last couple of decades is that we, we've had a situation in Congress where you have people that keep fighting and fighting, and Senate rules are problematic. <laughs> uh, but all of a sudden, an, an issue that should have gotten resolved in one or two years takes 10 years. Yeah. Uh, look at uh, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure issue had been an issue with with uh, the current president, the prior president, and, and on, on back for 20 years. And nobody got anything done with it. And you know, we, we passed this bill this year, 
uh, would, would point out that not one Arizona congressperson on the Republican side voted for it. Of course. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, they made up their minds the way they wanted to make up their minds. But uh, on the other side of that coin is um, we, we spent $1.2 trillion of a shortfall that we have of well over $6 trillion. So we're still not going to make up what we where we need to be. And in the meantime, for that same $1.6 trillion, we could have gotten four times the amount of, of work done that we're going to get done, then we're going to get done for it. And, and that's 20 years of not addressing issues. And we do it across the board. You have to address the issues of the country. And, and you know, polit- politics or party loyalty or whatever, that's important. I mean, you, you, your values are your values. But there comes a recognition at some point in time that you have to invest in the future of our country, the future of our families, the future of our children. But you didn't get really a lot of Republican votes for this thing, did you? Or zero? No, no, we, there, were, there were Republican like votes. Seven, 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 seventeen on the seventeen. Uh, on was the it seven? The okay, interview. I was wrong. Well, here yeah, yeah. in the Senate there were a, a little bit, were yeah, a little yeah, bit more. But in the uh, House on the infrastructure bill there were seventeen, uh, but none of them from Arizona, as far as the Republican side. So, so it looks like so much conflict from the outside, Tom, and so much locked up everything is kind of locked up in congress how does it feel when you're there and what can you do about that well what i do is try to work with people you know uh we've tried to find that middle ground uh i'll, I'll tell you that just recently uh we uh well just last thursday uh we passed a funding bill for police uh, i had been working on that for months both with the white house and we we did get a lot done with the executive order you know, that they're working on still uh, with the American Rescue Plan, where uh, in the last, since 1921, uh, 2021, uh, police and, and uh, public safety have gotten um, over $10 billion, $10 billion that almost nobody realizes, but $10 billion is the most ever expended, spent on those mm-hmm. issues in the history of America. Uh, and then we have uh, what we recently did, uh, and of course, uh, uh, I'm a former police officer. I'm not, I'm not going to not support public safety. And so the end result there was that uh, we had negotiations, intensive negotiations the last week with, that I was involved in. And we were able to get it through on the rule. You have to get the rule done first. Mm-hmm. And then on, on, on passage, it was a, a huge bipartisan victory uh, across the board. Uh, we couldn't get any votes on the rule. But, you know, that's yeah. part of politics. Mm-hmm. But on, on the bills themselves, they were usually bipartisan. And what do these bills do? Because they're complex when I took a quick glance at them. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's you, a you funding can have a, bill for a police. Yeah. You understand well, that. You can have a complex bill by just one word. Yeah. <laughs> and it changes the dynamics of everything if you don't understand it. Or you can have a complex bill based on 2,000 pages. Mm-hmm. But this one was not as complex it allows for training of officers, retention of officers, yeah, and it, it, it's for departments of 125 officers or less. I, I for one, wanted to do a little bit less than that because I wanted more departments. You know, when you look at a big city, the, the, the scale that they are and the attack space is huge. 
Then you go to smaller towns in rural America, and it's, it's, they're, they're fighting for their lives as far as uh, the police budgets are a large section piece of the process. But we need to find a way to get it down to a level that uh, they can even buy a squad car. I have departments. I'm looking to try to find money to uh, or grant money to find uh, the ability to have de- departments in smaller areas within the district to get police cars. I believe and, and efficient training, and, and we, we want to protect our officers and, and the citizens of those areas. Congressman, it's great to meet my new congressman. <laughs> as I as I mentioned to you before the show, I recently moved here from New York about a year ago. I was in New York a weekend ago. Oh, really? Yes. Seeing shows? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fundraising, I bet. I bet you. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, I'm coming from a very blue city. Um, and I'm happy to know there's a solid Democrat in my in my new town. Um, also on the board of the Democrats of the Red Rocks, which is supporting you, mm-hmm. uh, needless to say. And uh, but and and but since I'm new here and I'm not as steeped in the local issues yet as much as as Stephen and Karen are, uh, I'm sort of still looking at big picture type of issues. Right. So. I guess my question is in, in that way, supposing for argument's sake that you're, you're a congressman again, but the Democrats don't take the House, even if it's a, by a small number, what happens over the next two years? Is it complete gridlock because of the Republicans in the House will just stop everything? I, mean, I know you talked about how there are some bipartisan things that get done, but... To me, the biggest issue after the election is the voting rights issue and getting those bills passed. Um, is there any possibility that could happen if the Democrats have the House after this election? Well, I think, I think there's a, a distinct possibility that we can move in that direction. We've tried. Mm-hmm. So we'll try again. Um, I will say this right now. There's going to be an initiative on the ballot here in Arizona on dark money, mm-hmm. which is so people understand clearly that the that's money that you can give as much as you want. Uh, you don't have to give your name, uh, and it's not—it's it's not what they call PAC money. This is this is you know really dark. You don't know who, yeah. and yeah. you can give millions and millions of dollars where every American has a limit that they can give, and they have to give their name and uh, all this information and who they're employed by and stuff. And dark money, and it's a huge factor yeah. in 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 how politics are driven today. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, so I, I see a, a situation where uh, there are some members. Uh, we just had a vote the other day on, 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 on vo- voting, and uh, the bottom line on that was that we had uh, nine members of the Republican Party in the House vote for it. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry, that wasn't on voting. That was on on uh, January 6th, right? Uh, where the uh, the powers of the vice president. Well, the vice president is a ceremonial process. <laughs> But we codified it uh, within the process. Now it has to go over the Senate. Uh, but nine members of the uh, House voted for it, but they were all members of the Republican Party yeah. that were leaving anyway. The, the rest uh, didn't. So we have to have a conversation. It's, it's you know, we, we're all Americans. I think on 80% of the stuff out there, we vote similar. It's about those some of these issues that are huge issues. And I think, I'm afraid politics has made them into... Almost things that are 
very hard to get done within a reasonable period of time. Well, with with a lot of state legislatures being extreme Republican conservative legislatures that have, through gerrymandering, manipulated the votes in these places, the the Voting Rights Act strives to try to do something about that. Do you see any possibility that... Um, whether it's the complete bill that gets passed that was proposed or some aspect of it, that this power that the state legislatures have um, can be reduced in some way that are passing these draconian laws. I think, laws I think like constitutionally it's very hard to have the states just taken away from the ability to be able to. You'd have to do some constitutional changes right. to the United States Constitution <laughs> because of states' rights. Right. And uh, it's pretty... Uh, clearer that states do have the right to address these issues on their own. So uh, that is something I, d- I don't see any progress going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it gets down to the, to the ballot box mm-hmm. and people yep. saying, you know, uh, I want to see something different. Uh, but I, 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 don't, I don't see us as a federal government being able to come together yeah. and start to go back to the Constitution and change our right. our, our Constitution. Are, are you tracking an increase in Democratic um, registration this cycle, especially among women, since the abortion issue? Somebody is. I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I, thought, I thought every congressman had a staff that was tracking that. No, they are. <laughs> We've got an important staff person sitting right. back yeah. behind the microphone. Yeah. He probably has a smile. He's, yeah. he's the number. He probably knows. Yeah, he, he does know. I, you know, I, there's only so much you can track yourself. Right. Yep. Right. You have to, you, there's other things I have to do you know, during a campaign, especially keep my uh, constituents' services up and going, right. Right. and making yeah. sure I'm attending meetings and addressing issues. So uh, that that's the, that's my primary purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm, I, I, I have a lot of problems with Congress. I mean, it's uh, uh, we. Uh, I'm, on average, we're there 111 days a year. The rest of the time, we're out in the district, mm-hmm. or we should be. Some districts like this, you better be. If you're not, you're in trouble. But, but the bottom line is we have rules that allow one one person in the Senate to be able to stop a right. bill and not have debate and uh, and 10 people that have to get uh, – I mean, it, it, we don't have that in the House. Mm-hmm. You go to the floor, you, you, one person, one vote, 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 vote your conscience and move on. Uh, and uh, it really is problematic when you ha- the House sends 400 and some odd bills over the Senate, even if it's no matter what party it's controlled by, and mm-hmm. they never get heard because of one or two or ten people. Yep. Um, you know, the president doesn't even have that much power because he, he he has he can sign a bill, and it moves back to the House or what, and it can get vetoed. And one one person from one state yeah. has, has a so I, there's a, a lot going on there, and then we, we have to. I, I don't like the uh, the amount of legislation that's out there that comes. We don't have enough uh, discussion between our, our members mm-hmm. and and between uh, within committees. Given what you're just saying, isn't it pretty astonishing what Biden has been able to accomplish under these conditions, and not really getting credit for what he's been able to do? Well, I, I mean, when he's gotten them done, he's gotten credit. When, yeah. when he, when stuff gets, hasn't gotten done, uh, he's gotten fired from both parties mm-hmm. <laughs> because, well, he, he made a promise. Well, 
He can make a promise on what he's going to try to accomplish, just as any other president. Hmm. But he can't make a promise and say, and, and the, the Congress is going to do what I want. And so that's what he ran into. Yeah. He ran into it both from his own party and, and from, from the opposition mm-hmm. uh, to the bill. And, and so y- y- that, that is very, makes it difficult, but that's part of the process. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why we, we sit down and we have to debate and we should spend more time on, on those types of issues so the American people can, mm-hmm. can, can become more educated instead of 30-second soundbites. Right. Yeah. Stephen, when I moved here 20 years ago, <clears throat> um, we had a precinct party in my neighborhood. And we had uh, little signs up and stuff. And so afterwards, uh, the people across the street came over and they said, "And they said, you didn't invite us. Why didn't you invite us?" I said, "Well, you're re- registered Republicans." <laughs> and they said, "We're not really Republicans. We just register Republicans so we can vote for Tom." <laughs> he had that. Yeah. He had that strong a following yeah. in Sedona, a belief in him as a. Uh, a good representative, yeah. and this is back, I think, when you were a state yeah. senator. Yeah, yeah. You know, my job, uh, I, when I was in business, and we'd negotiate uh, pro- different issues, uh, you'd sit down at the nego- negotiation table, mm-hmm. and you'd work it out, and if you couldn't, you'd come back the next day. Here in, in, in Congress, you, you do the same thing. But then everybody from the table goes out and tells everybody in the world how bad those other people are. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there are fellow Americans for crying out loud, and so it doesn't make them bad people to think differently because that's that's our country. What, what makes it bad is we 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 kind of say to people, well, if you don't think my way, then you're just plain wrong, and. That, that's where you, you need to be able to spend time to get to know one another and work with one another and identify. That doesn't mean you're always going to get there, but it does mean that you understand the importance to the American public to be able to address these yeah. issues. Because the future of our children and our families and our economy and our, and our freedom and all of this requires in a republic uh, that we have to find a way to move the, this, these critical pieces of legislation yeah. forward. There are a number of congressmen that go, uh, Democratic congressmen that have been on cable talk shows talking about how there are Republicans in the Senate and the Congress who privately will talk about how they repudiate Trump. But publicly, for whatever reason, they can't. Have you run into Republicans, had conversations with Republicans that are in that category that privately... They know the danger that Trump poses, but publicly they can't say it. Well, they they, they say things differently than they would in a public environment. Mm-hmm. Yes, but so do Democrats. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this though, you know, when 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 I go on the floor of Congress and speak and talk to people, I can't remember a time when I spent my time talking about how bad the other party was. Right. Right. Or how bad a member of within our own party is. Mm. I spend my time talking about the issue. Right. Uh, and the same is true when uh, after uh, after the um, uh, January sixth, there was this thing about, oh, I, we're not going to sponsor any bills of, that the other party has. What message does that send out? The message is, we're not willing to work together to find common ground. And the end result of that becomes. Uh, gridlock. Mm-hmm. That's not good for the American public. Just like we're going to be voting on a bill next week uh, to uh, uh, 
extend the, the period in which we can clarify the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, but we're supposed to have a budget on September 30th. We should have it. And I, I have a bill almost every year. You, if you don't have a budget on September 30th, then you don't get paid. And if you don't, and if you get it by December 13th, you can't go backwards and claw back your money that you lost mm-hmm. because you didn't do your job. And so we need to continue down a path where we start to do our jobs. I think that'll develop a lot more trust within the American people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems that there were times in the past that some of the things that Democrats talk about, very about the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act, did not would not have passed on a single party lines. They passed. Oh, definitely. They passed because there was a time in, in Congress. It seems that we all know that both parties sometimes elect people who sort of are one either one issue voters or one issue Congress people one-issue senators, or fringe from the party. And there used to be that the Speaker of the House, the President, you know, the Leader of the Senate could sort of bring a bill to the floor knowing that a certain number of his own party was going to disagree, but also knowing that a, a sizable chunk of the other party would agree, which is with the, you know, the Civil Rights Act. There were The Democrats at that time, a lot of them were segregationists. They didn't vote for that act. But Lyndon Johnson got Republicans to vote for it from other places. So you had the, the majority of Congress leaving aside the sort of fringe elements of both parties. And that's always going to be common sense because people are going to get elected who don't represent the all of America for various reasons in both parties. And that some of those should be elected. And the Republicans in the past, when the Republicans were in charge, seemed to let the Tea Party type Republicans, the Freedom Caucus, if they step when they say no, they weren't, no, a bill wasn't going to get to the floor without every Republican. You know, so this idea that everybody in your party and only your party has to pass things just seems to be wrong because we all know poll after poll that the majority of Americans support infra- you know, improving the infrastructure. They support public schools. They support a lot of these big p- issues. They may argue about how much money do we spend. They don't argue about spending the they money. They do. I mean, yeah. The mil- uh, veterans bills. Yeah. We've, we've doubled the uh, mm-hmm. amount of funding for uh, yeah. VA. Uh, we just did the post uh, uh, the the uh, proud, proud mm-hmm. act uh, that uh, identified toxic uh, yeah. issues. Uh, that's a forty billion dollar bill uh, that was voted on by both parties. The, all the VA stuff. The military bill usually mm-hmm. is a bipartisan bill each and every year. We always have people on the fringes that say something about yeah. it. The police bill that just came out. Uh, we had the, the, the issue was a, a small, small fraction of our members just didn't want the rule to go through because they wanted to put a stop to it. And we had to work within that yeah. process to be allowed to get that bill to the floor so that the bipartisan process could move and forward. And that was sort of the way Congress was in, intended to work, was that, you know, the idea well, is, is that, the, that the things that would rise to the top and get passed were the things that the majority of members from all parties and all states would agree on. And the, the, the specific issues from one state or one region would, you know, wouldn't necessarily dominate that just you know, now it seems sometimes it's a small fraction of people dominate the direction we, things we go. We have 13 counties, yeah. colonies, uh, all of them I think at one time or another thought, well, we'll be our own country. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in the end, after a lot of work and a lot of ability to mm-hmm. find common ground, became the United States of America because and, they felt they were stronger being united and working together against, at that time, a common problem. And even then... They were split 
on whether they should fight England or not fight England, and and uh, then the reality is they they ended up doing that, but that just wasn't an automatic. No. That's just who we are. So, I guess what is the most important thing that the public looking at Congress doesn't know about what you're doing and doesn't understand about what it means to be a congressional representative? Well, part of it is the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes that, that you, you know, all of a sudden there's a vote and people think that, well, that was what the, was supposed to be at the beginning. There's a process that goes on and on and on to debate the, the farm bill. I, I'm, I'm on the Agriculture Committee. Uh, and that farm bill, it takes a couple of years to put together. We bring in stakeholders from all around the country. Uh, we identify what the issues are. And so the Farm Bill of 2018 is one of the ones that uh, I was involved in. I'm involved in this one also. Uh, and, and energy, uh, I'm on the Energy and Commerce Committee. It's the most powerful committee in Congress. And one of the reasons is we, we have such a huge jurisdiction, whether it's health care or energy or communications or, 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 or our, our, our economy in general. Uh, and you have to, you, it takes time and effort. And, and the, the end product is not necessarily the beginning product. In fact, it very seldom is because of all this input that goes into the process. And then once you come to the, we, we send out in the Energy and Commerce Committee and the Agriculture Committee, uh, I know at one time we sent out 50-some bills in the Energy and Commerce Committee. Every one of those bills was not only bipartisan, it didn't require a vote because we all agreed on them. We've done that multiple times. 50-some, 52, I believe it was, was is one thing. But we did it on 29, 32. I mean, and that, and that happens in the Agriculture Committee also. And uh, the uh, NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, that, that always starts out way over here. And the president has their, the, which, whoever the administration has what they want to do. But in the end... Uh, the final result is an agreed-upon process that moves forward. Uh, so the, I wish the press would educate people. I wish the press would educate people more and really try to find a, a way to make sure the American public knows that this is not just a yelling match all the time, that this is work that people do behind the scenes together. I think that that is something that people don't really know. They see the headlines and the uh, the arguments. They don't understand all the compromises, but also all the energy and research that goes into doing any of these bills. I mean, it's it's not it's not showing up right and voting on something. Hi, I'm you know Congressman. I'm going to vote on this bill. It's actually a being on these committees and actually working to create the bills and to guide them so that you can get something through because. Compared to other countries, the United States is probably the hardest one to get anything through because we have two active legislatures. Most countries have one. And uh, our, we have the presidential system, and almost nobody does that but France. And so it, it, it's difficult for them to get stuff through, but I think it's even more difficult in, in the U.S. And, um, but it's important. Frankly, we need congressmen who are willing to, to put, get their hands dirty or... or dusty or whatever to try to get this done. It's important in a republic that there's participation mm -hmm. and that the people within that republic participate 
and also see that their their Congress people participate. Yeah. And they're not willing to cl- just close down and and not work towards common ground. There's so much anti-government yeah. feeling now, and uh, and all and stereotypes about uh, what about Congress and about everything else. They just there's so much hatred of government. Um, a lot of it is I can't argue with it. It's too irrational. But uh, but I'm glad you're there, Stephen. Did you have a question? Yeah, uh, given the demographic in Arizona and specifically in Sedona. Um, are you are you buying this uh, conversation or these statements that uh, the Republicans, some of the Republicans are making about threatening Social Security and Medicare? And do you really think they're serious about it? Is it just a talking point for campaigning, which I have a hard time believing they think that gets some votes? But what's what, what's your sense about what's going on in that conversation? Well, I, I think that, that you know there are members of uh, of the, the caucus, the Republican caucus, that truly want to make those changes. Yeah, uh, they've wanted to do it, Congress after Congress after Congress. Uh, they haven't found the support to do that, whether it's in their own caucus or not. On healthcare, uh, uh, Medicare. I, I mean, they have an, uh, an issue in some respects. We have to. Continue to watch cost, right, right? But that's the efficiency of the of the marketplace, and also, and costs are. We can either uh, address it one way and watch costs that way, or say to the, the American public that, well, this isn't a tax, but you're going to get feed to death mm-hmm. <laughs> because your your health costs are going to go up and up, and you're either not going to be able to afford it, or you're going to, and, and 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 that's not uh, good for America in general, or. Uh, but you take a look at the Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, it's um, 62 times uh, they tried to get it uh, finished off. Now, uh, you know, and haven't come up with a reliable replacement. Right. So now, and now we didn't even have that, those discussions in the last few years uh, because it, it's it's it, just like any other major piece of legislation. It takes time. To move into an area that, but we have healthcare, boy. You know, we're we're short of doctors, nurses, oh, technicians, yeah. uh, like a lot of areas in society. People have decided they don't want to go back. Uh, we're short of police, we're short of fire, teachers, uh, teachers. Uh, these are environments that came out of the pandemic, right. and we still have a, a situation with China. They're still shut down for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. That's having a profound impact on on our country. And then we have, you know. It's like, well, we have to do something about it. Well, we try, and we should be obligated to try. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't have control over some guy that's over in Russia that on his own, basically, has made a decision that he's going to go to war yeah. on, a, on a neighboring country that he think, thought was a pushover. Well, guess what? <laughs> and it have, it's having a profound impact on a lot of the issues that we face yep. in society today. Energy costs being one of them, oil and gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, starvation in, 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 throughout the world, the amount uh, that a, a, a bushel of grain costs. I, I mean, all of those are, are, and then China with their huge amount of product that they send into this country, uh, that has a profound impact on that. And, and yes, Congress... And the president uh, at the t- well, both presidents have signed bills 
that's we've spent a lot of money to save lives, to keep people in their homes, to keep businesses going, right. to be to be able to come out of this as the strongest economy in the world. Now, inflation and right now is a problem, no doubt about it. But it's a problem for a multitude of reasons, not just one reason. And when when this money was spent, it was spent because. We could not afford this great country, this w wonderful country of ours, to to be uh, second in our defense of our country, right. to be second as an economy in the world, to be to be able to have people that lost their homes and their apartments and were put out into the street, and you know. Do we have a housing problem now? Yes. Are we all working together to try to resolve that? The answer is yes. But it's going to take time because we do have different thought processes on how to what, do what that. And when it comes to housing, what areas are you, are you focusing on? Is it more creating more housing is, or is it more trying to get some control of landlords keeping rents down, if you can even do that with legislation? What, what's the focus oh, in, in the housing area? So you're from New York. Uh, uh, you know what yeah. housing issue has been there for rent control and everything else. It's been a, a, just a back and forth seesaw. Mm -hmm. It's pro very problematic. Uh, but but in this country, uh, you know, we have a free market society. Uh, but we do have help for people that uh, do not. We don't want people homeless in right. the streets, especially our veterans. <laughs> and so I have a bill that uh, is trying to address that right now, and I have support for it, bipartisan support for it. But we we we. We just can't just say, let people just, we're not Spartica. It's not go to the hillside and, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. whatever you happens to you up there happens to you. No, this is a great country, and we have to continue down that path. I think it's, yeah, I think it's most important, uh, Congressman, that's a great statement. Um, it's most important that we, we, we see it as a whole country, and we try to act for people who are very different than we are, who have very different problems and have different issues and certainly just allowing things to happen, homelessness and stuff. The other thing is, frankly, the American people have to understand that with the Ukrainian war and with COVID and stuff, there's a lot of dislocations to the economy. There's four hundred some Americans dying every day out. still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, how much time do we have? Uh, we have two minutes. Can you make a, a brilliant and carefully... Crafted statement in, in one minute. <laughs> we'll give you a minute and thirty seconds. No, I I, I can say this. Uh, uh, my my job is to work with people, not against people. Uh, my job is to bring people together in a way, not only just in Congress, but throughout throughout uh, Congressional District One right now and two in the future, uh, to be able to make sure that we maximize our efficiencies, maximize our potential, maximize our children's future, and, and, and make sure our families are able to to be on a, a, a playing field where they have op the opportunities necessary to move forward. Not everybody is going to move forward, but our educational system, our health care system, uh, uh, our, our, our court systems, all of this comes together to make this great society, and we have to find a way to understand that. We want to thank our supporters who are very generously year after year. We've been on the air 11 years now. Um, uh, Democrats of the Red Rocks, yeah, they have a big picnic coming up, their yearly picnic, Karen. Yeah, next Sunday. Sunday, October 2nd from 3 to 5 p.m. Yeah. at uh, the Hub at Posse Grounds Park. 
We have and to meet the candidates. Yeah. Ah, well, Unfor- will you unfortunately, the congressman won't be there. Oh. But yeah. I don't think so, unless you're <laughs> going to sign up now. <laughs> we can have a scoop. Yeah. Uh, but there will be a number, including Scott Jablow, who's running for mayor of Sedona. And uh, we'd like to thank the Yavapai Democratic Party, very generous in supporting us. Um, we really want to work with the folks on the other side of the mountain. We don't want these divisions to build up so that there's a feeling that it's just our side and their side of the mountain and we're different, almost like different political parties. And we just need to remind everybody that vote by mail ballots go out you know, in only a few weeks. So this is the time to really get out there, get yourself informed about who's running from offices, what people are really saying, and just to get out and participate and vote, like Tom said. That's vote, the, vote, vote. the important yeah. thing is to turn out and vote just because some p- issue you like, you're not sure is going to go somewhere or something happened, but you need to go out and vote. If you don't vote, you can't complain. Thank you for being with us, folks. Next week we'll have a program on uh, Right Wing Watch, right? Yes, uh, People American Way. Yeah. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.